Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 30 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Cowboy Bebop and the mysterious Pierrot LeFou. Uh, hold on here. Are you talking about, like, that character from Beauty and the Beast? Which one are you thinking of? The foo. You said it. The, you just said it. Don't. I don't think they're the same. The one that was I played guess. by Josh Gad in like the last movie. Yeah, but like, I mean, that was back in like what the 1600s or something. I mean, this is in you know the late 2000s. Okay, we're going to so. talk about this later. We need to jump in, but I'm going to talk to you about this mashup of Beauty and the Beast and so Cowboy cool. Bebop. We're going to do this. Okay. Beauty and the Beast Bob, Cow, Cowboy Beast Bob, Cow Beauty Cowboy. and the Beast Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the Cow Beauty. <laughs> She's so beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. So hey everybody. Oh shit, there are people listening. <laughs> Yeah. What if, what if like this was the first time you realized that I had been posting any of the episodes? Like, like, like you had been sitting there the whole time just thinking this was like a joint, like private journal that we had been taking about anime that we listened to. Or, well, so I thought where you were going with that was like you had been gaslighting me into thinking that you'd been posting them, but you actually hadn't been. And I was like, but you, wait, that's we like had like way more nefarious. Than yeah, like definitely. What I that's would say. my first thought when I think about you. So I was like, what did he like create this fake persona of Ben Diamond and like just lie to me about like childhood remastered reaching out to us and shit? And I was like, oh God, this long <laughs> con. <laughs> the longest of cons. Yeah. For no gain. Yeah. Like just for yeah. private revenge for nothing. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so we are, uh, back this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Cowboy Bebop today. Um, I, I also wanted to, um, throw out, uh, a couple of podcasts, uh, that we have been listening to lately. Um, and we are trying our best to, uh, try to team up with them in the future. That's a hard Um, way. You don't know what I've been listening to. I didn't (laughs) tell you. Anyways, I have been listening to them. Um, I listened to... Um, one, and then I had to continue listening to the next 10 of It's Super Effective, which is a fantastic podcast um, we have been listening to. If you like Pokemon and listening to people play Pokemon and talk about Pokemon, everything that Blake loves in this world. Yeah. Um, That's literally the totally foundation of my up. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a great show. Um, it is... It is fantastic to listen to. Um, the all of the hosts are also fantastic on there. Um, I I also listened to like one of their later episodes where they were doing like a live show and talking to people there about it. It just uh, man, I cannot wait until we get to the point like cross your fingers, you know, for the future for us. But like, I want to do a live show so bad. Yeah, that would be um, so much fun. We yeah. both have theater degrees, so like I think we would do a good live show. But at the same time, I've like not yet come up with <laughs> what we would do for a live show. Like, we, like watch it and then talk about what everyone in the room just watched. <laughs> yeah, so, I kind like, of, they didn't I kind, know. 
I kind of like that it would be this thing where it's just like we give the audience homework to like watch something and then we go and talk about it. Yeah. We could do that. Like before you come to this, you have to have seen this. I mean like um good news is that we don't have to worry about that yet, but bad news is that we we don't have to worry about that yet. Yeah, for real. Um, the other one that I um, I I really really liked, and I have been listening to um, a lot now. Um, and this one, um, oh well, two actually. So the first one is Anime World Order. Um, they're also fantastic. Um, they they talk about like current anime, um, past anime. They they cover a lot of different stuff, um, and they have been around a really long time. Um, so if if we maybe get to you know do anything with them in the future, that would be amazing. Um, but like fingers crossed for all of this stuff. Nothing's down in stone yet. You know we're still just kind of like chatting with these people and trying to like get in their good graces. And um, you know, but randomly this other one and uh, I know like anime nerds are like a specific kind of nerd culture. But Blake and I are also, like, theater nerds, and yeah. I don't know how much cross-pollination there is with this, but I just listened to the 36 questions, and, like, have you listened to it yet? I am uh, I have listened to Acts 1 and 2. I finished Act 2 this morning when I got into work, and I'm it's really good. go for Act 3 tonight. Yeah. it's If, you, if your thing is not musical theater, don't listen to it. You'll but if it. you happen to be, like, in our same, like, our same sort of like weird sect overlap. Um, you should totally check it out. Um, it's it's really well put together. It really reminded me of the last five years, the way that it was set up. Yeah, um, it, it pulls on a lot of the same musical stylings as the last yeah. five years, and it has a, a kind of similar plot. It's cool. It's a podcast musical. As far as anybody knows, it's the first like fully podcast musical. So like, other people have done like musical episodes or they've done like, I don't know, like a musical serial or whatever. But like this is like it's designed in the same way as a Broadway musical. So it's just a three act show and it is simply made to be released in podcasts instead of on the stage. Um, and it yeah. also stars the female lead is an up and comer. So you probably don't know her name and I don't know it off the top of my head and I don't have it in front of me. But I do know that the male lead is Jonathan Groff who is a pretty decently large star in the Broadway world. And you might even know him if you're not clued into Broadway. Uh, he was on Glee for a little while. He was the star of Looking on HBO. Um, if you have are not a musical theater person, but you do know Hamilton, he is the king in Hamilton. Mm. Um, and he's been in many other things. And he's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. That's been like one of the. We're getting super off topic here. We we have animated talk Jonathan about Groff. Today. If you're listening, come on our show. <laughs> but I mean, like we have animated talk about. But I I feel like I feel like we have this moment at the start where it's like this week in podcasts and this week in like it's other really things that we talk this about. week in Blake and Spencer thinking off the top of their heads because they're <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Even though, anyways. This time we had 20 minutes to talk to each other before we started the show. <laughs> but we just didn't yeah. get any of this out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, um so uh this week uh we are returning to the um the the uh the crew of the Bebop. Um uh Spike, Fade, Jet and 
Ein. I'm forgetting one. Ed. Ed. Um, That's like your favorite one. It's not my favorite one. No, it is. Uh, Your favorite one is the dog. Yeah, Um, obviously. It's the best character. Yeah, I accidentally started watching, like, the episode before this episode again, and I forgot that there's that part at the start where, like, Ayn is swimming through, like, gravity-lessness, yeah. and he's, like, oh, eating so his, cool. like, treats in the air. I think there's, a, like, one of the more popular gifs of Ayn on the internet is that one, so all of you listeners can go look for it Yeah, right now. Um, we're also going to be posting uh, on Twitter a little bit after this um, this uh, this cool video that Blake sent over to me. Um, yeah. That's that's uh, that talks about the why um, Cowboy Bebop is so well dubbed yeah. um, in comparison to so many other animes being terrible. Yeah, this um, guy actually and- makes the case that the dub is better than the sub, um, mm-hmm. which I I would accept. I've been watching the sub this time. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I don't get bothered by the things that this guy brings up as things that bother him, but mm-hmm. it's a really good video. And Spencer and I have talked a lot about Cowboy Bebop and the quality of its dub and how that relates to the rest of the industry. And this video mm-hmm. goes into a lot more painstaking detail and also will kind of chronicle the production side of things of like how it came about that the dub was made the way it was. So if you're kind of a, how the sausage is made person. Um, I very much am. If you're into that kind of stuff, you will really enjoy this. So watch our Twitter for that. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, this week, um, we're going to, um, you, you know, the bebop crew, um, uh, spike jet our bounty and Faye, I guess too. Um, they're all bounty hunters that, uh, work on the bebop. Um, we haven't really had any, um, tie-ins to what's going on with their team that have been going like um forward as we mentioned before the show is very episodic um so each episode doesn't really tie together with a major like overarching um plot arc that takes you from like the beginning of the season to the end except for like a few choice episodes that stick things together a little bit um uh but this episode especially the first one um, that we're going to be jumping into is uh, is Pierre Lafoe. Um and this is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, and uh, it's so funny because like this episode is immediately followed by like one of my most hated episodes. Yeah, um, uh, these are three really different episodes. So we're doing twenty twenty one and twenty two today. And um, yeah, I have so many thoughts. I I don't remember the. Uh, second two episodes very well but like i didn't care for 21 like it really didn't do it for me it's just the it feels like the filleriest of episodes um yeah i think it's safe to say that it's the weakest episode of cowboy bebop it's still good like in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of episodes of everything that have ever been made like it's up there because it's cowboy bebop and it's made with quality but it's just Mm, it's just not a completely compelling story. It doesn't click. There was also, I felt like a fairly large plot hole in it. And I think they, they just don't, for me, they didn't achieve what they set out to achieve. But I also got to say for Piero LeFou, I remember watching this episode. So the first time I watched Cowboy Bebop all the way through, I had seen a few, a small handful of episodes and it wasn't my thing because I was really young and I just wasn't paying that much attention. And then I watched it as an adult, and I loved it. But I didn't remember liking this episode very much. Like, I felt like 
he was kind of creepy, but then it didn't go anywhere. And this time I was riveted and like actively afraid, like the whole episode, like it got, yeah, it was so good. So, um, I, I find this character fascinating and, um, we don't normally do this, um, like at the very start of the episodes, you know, like kind of like gush about a specific character, um, especially one that you are going to meet and subsequently never see again. Yeah. Um, but Pierre Lafoe is, he's, he's just, he's just truly a horrific villain. He, is just this embodiment of like anger and rage and childishness. And he, he really gives you the full package of a a complete, complete sociopathic, um, like serial killer in, in the terms that he is almost, he is almost like a, a storybook monster. Yeah. He definitely is monstrous. Like he, and he, is one of the more magical elements of the show. We've seen a few magical things, but for the most part, Cowboy Bebop, uh, you know, admittedly it's sci-fi, so none of it is completely real, but it feels grounded in realism. In this mm-hmm. one, Piero LeFou is one of those characters that feels like he breaks all the rules, and it's one mm-hmm. of the things that makes him so frightening because we know there are rules. If you get shot you get injured you you're a person so you can't just like fly randomly you know like this guy just he just breaks all the rules and he does it in a really unsettling way because it's so effortless and so unassisted and he has this like creepy sociopathic smile the whole time mm-hmm. he kind of looks so- like the penguin like Danny DeVito's penguin from the uh tim burton batman movies he kind of looks like that but with facial hair i sort of think of him more as like a um a top hatted version of dr roboto or whatever his name robotnik 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 from sonic Sonic would call him robotnik and all the children would laugh (laughs) (laughs) um he also reminds me. Um, he also reminds me of another character, and um, we haven't talked about this anime very much at all. Um, this is an anime that um, largely gets uh, swept under the rug, and a lot of people didn't pay attention to um, until it was basically over because it sort of wrote itself into a corner. But there's a show called D Gray Man. Um, oh, and I can tell you I, why we haven't talked about it because I've not watched that show. Yeah, so D. Gray Man is a show where the lead character is like a mix between a human and a demon. Um, and uh, in this uh, in this show, there is a like a devil. He's like the the leader of like the enemies that they're fighting inside of the show. Admittedly, it's been a while since I watched it, but thinking no, back, you're doing on a it great now, job. I, I would be I would be astounded if like there wasn't a part of that main that main evil character that wasn't based off of this character. He is he's just perfectly made and that's why I've talked about this episode hundreds of times before this to many people who have never seen the show before and I'm like if you like horror stuff and you like a perfect villain watch this episode and it 
it can be summed up in like the first two minutes of the episode. So yeah, it's so creepy. The first thing that you see is uh, these uh, these guys that are coming um, and going around a car. They kind of look a little bit like mobsters. Like a, there's like a lead mobster, and then there's a couple of guys around them. Maybe they're part of the syndicate. There's not really an explanation of who exactly they are. Um, and then we get the first shot of uh, Pierre, and he is standing there looking at them, and he's wearing a top hat, and he has a little cane, and he has a very round upper body, and he's wearing this long sort of trench coat that comes out at the bottom. Um, he tips his hat up, and you see his, like, um, he has, like, a goatee, right? Um, yeah. Something like that. He says something, like, in English, even in, like, the, the subtitles version, he says it in English, too. Yeah, where he says, it's like, like um, hello, hello, uh, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen, yeah. is what he says. Because later on, he and says, then, when he sees Spike, he says, hello, boy. Yeah, and then he puts his teeth together and twists them against each other to Ugh. where you can hear, like, the teeth cracking against each yeah, other. Yeah, the sound in this episode is just, it just gets to you. Yeah. So, so he's grinding his teeth thing. and being <laughs> awful. And then Spike is playing pool. <laughs> yeah. And it's Well, first first you see the 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 gunfight starting to happen because they like pull their guns and you see Pierre pull up his gun. And then it cuts to inside. Right. And then this is a really short sequence but it stood out because like this episode I, I think this episode's art stands out to me because it's not like noticeably better than other episodes, but they do this kind of like washed out style with it to to highlight the contrasts since they're playing in this like horror trope. And it it really drew attention to just this beautiful fluidity of movement and like the colors that are there stand out. And so like this first shot of him playing pool, it's just a really quick establishing shot, but it's gorgeous. And it's mm-hmm. astonishingly animated. So anyway, Spike leaves from this pool hall and he walks out into the alley right upon Piero LeFou. And yeah. and he is murdering these people. Um he he shoots he shoots all of them very quickly before they can even draw their guns. Um and uh or completely draw their guns. Then the main guy gets inside of the car to escape from it. He fires a ton of bullets in to the side of like this bulletproof glass and you see the glass start to dent in from like the impact and then it breaks in and you see the guy's face splatter against the um the other side of the car window yeah and it's just all of these dead people and then spike standing there like looking at him and yeah. he like turns around and looks at spike and spike's just like fuck <laughs> yeah and he goes hello boy and then just immediately attacks and he keeps yeah. saying hello gentlemen and hello boy in english and it's so creepy yeah and it's especially with like his weird sort of like japanese accent yeah i've said this before and this will happen again in episode 22 but japanese people use english periodically and i i don't get it completely from a cultural standpoint like i don't know enough about like how the english language works for them because every time a character speaks in english i'm like 
So the the other characters need to know English to know what's being said. Like, what's going on here? But uh, I have never found an explanation for that and admittedly have never sought one. But uh, it happens periodically. Usually I think it's kind of comical and charming because they have such a strong accent as since they're non-native speakers. Uh, But in this instance, it is just blood curdling. Um, Mm -hmm. So Piero immediately starts attacking Spike. And Spike is extremely skilled, but he is on the back foot from the beginning. And this fight scene is gorgeous. Yeah, and he does a thing which, uh, uh, which is a pretty sweet sequence where um, uh, he's hiding behind this trash can and he's got a bunch of trash around him. And you see from the like the perspective of like Pierre's eyes, and he looks at the trash can. He looks, and then you see Spike throw a bag of trash to the right, and you see his eyes cut to the right for a second. And as he does, you see Spike shoot out from the other side, try to shoot him, and then um, he can't. He like starts landing bullets on Pierre, but it they bounce off because of like this weird energy shield that's surrounding him. Yeah, so he's impervious to bullets, and they actually, like, they don't so much bounce off as, like, crumple against the shield and then just fall. So, like, Mm -hmm. it is mysterious, and we don't know what's going on, but suddenly there's a cat, and Spike escapes um, because Piero is startled by this cat. Like, he goes from being this, this just unmovable look of like sadistic glee on his face to pure terror. And he shoots at the cat, which escapes. And then he looks back and spike is gone. And then, whoa, whoa, whoa. before that, you have to tell the people about the most epic kick fest ever, which is where he kicks spike in the face oh. and then spike flies up in the air. And then he floats towards him and continues kicking him and spinning in the air. It and like spike, too many times it happens like six but, times in a row and i'm like what, yeah. uh, what's happening yeah and spike hits the ground very hard and they do this like this weird thing and i think this every time that i watch this episode which is like the 20th time 20th time i've seen this episode but spike hits the ground and then for a second he like his legs like jerk as if he's like going into some sort of like seizure or something and then he like snaps back up all of a sudden Huh. It's like it, it's like to relay how much pain he actually took from hitting the ground. Yeah, and I I assume it's sort of that moment where it was like if it was Family Guy, he would be going like, yeah, know? for sure. <laughs> so uh, the cat allows Spike to escape, but Piero immediately causes the spike the spike the cat to run, and then comes upon Spike again and like shoots some sort of grenade or something at him. And Spike. Oh yeah, he shows him his arsenal. Remember? Oh yeah. He like yeah. opens it up, and he's just literally lined to the brim. Like the he looks like he's a big fat guy. No, no, no. It's literally just because of all of the it's guns. Just weapons. It's horrifying, <laughs> and you're just like, who is this guy? And then he <laughs> shoots something explosive at Spike, which Spike manages to dodge and goes into the near like the water nearby, and he. I don't know, holds his... I don't remember what happens. But either way, Piero, he's escaped. And so Piero, like, goes away. Yeah. So after this, um, we we get um, a shot back on the Bebop. Um, they are... Um, uh, Spike has been bandaged up. 
Um, and Jet is going to find out some more information from his friend. His friend's name is Bob. <laughs> is it really? So, yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, Bob. I don't and he's like, think oh, that's hey. true in the Japanese version. I'm sure it is because I re- I was watching it on the the sub today. Really? And it, yeah, he it's like Bob. I think is what his name God, is. I must you should look it that. up again. But but anyways, um, so Jed uh uh Jet makes contact um with like one of his you Jet know, and old Bob buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the spinoff series Swiffering the Nation. <laughs> There is um there's a fantastic shot by the way in this which really like plays to like anime cinematography which like they don't always do in all anime. Some animes it's like it's very much like you have a a two shot and then a wide shot and then a you know some close ups and uh this one has this fantastic shot where you get a shot of this guy's face and then it cuts to Jet's face as he's hearing the end of the story. And he, it starts to sink in, like, how truly fucked Spike is because he has seen this guy's face. And he tells him, he's like, no one has ever survived. And if, well, nobody, nobody has ever survived after meeting him. Because even if they don't die from seeing his face once, he will hunt them down to the end of the earth to kill them. Yeah. So, um... So they know this guy's name. They know that he's crazy and he's coming after them. And then Spike gets an email inviting him to a party at Spaceland. And Mm -hmm. it is definitely from this guy and everyone knows it. And Spike decides to go. Uh, Also, there's some funny stuff that happens in between where like Ed is being precious and like Ed is walking around with a computer on her head and she shows it to Faye and Faye's like, don't show this to Spike. And then immediately she shows it to Spike. Yeah. It's really cute. Like, Faye's like, let's keep this a secret between us. And then Spike is just, like, there behind them. And he's like, what's that? And Ed's like, it's a secret message. And just, like, stands in front of him so he can read it. <laughs> so, also, Jet's last name is Black. How how did I make it 20 episodes into this show and not know that his name is fucking Jet fucking Black? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I like that. I like that. This is your like total re- revelation for the day. I can't. Oh, uh, also, <laughs> before this, before this, there is like the truly most like fey of fey moments where Spike is completely bandaged up and he's reaching for this Clementine and like <laughs> Faye comes yeah. into the room and she's like talking to him about it. And then she picks up the Clementine and she unwraps it in front of him and then just eats it in front of him and then just slays the Clementine peel on his face and walks out of the <laughs> walks room. Walks away. <laughs> she's so funny. So, okay. So Spike goes to Spaceland and they, he knows that he's going to be facing Piero in this place like this is not a surprise and uh he also um is injured and i thought this was really interesting because i remember we've talked about this several times that like spike is always fighting at a deficit like whenever it would be a fair fight he is injured and now it's not a fair fight but this time he was already at a disadvantage, a disadvantage and he got oh, the injury yes, from was. this guy so it feels like the tension is so high 
Yeah. So he starts to fight against uh, against Piero inside of uh, Spaceland, which is basically like um, uh, imagine it as if it is uh, Space Disneyland with way more animatronics. Yeah. Um, everything is like these big giant uh, animatronic animals that are walking around. This is so um, much like future Disney too, because like all the animatronics, they're like the costume performers, but they're animatronic instead because this is like in mm. the space future. That's Disney's totally going to do that. You know this. Yeah, for sure. So there is, uh, there are two lines uh, they will not touch for the rest of this episode, basically, at all, until the very end. Uh, Spike has asked Jet and um, uh, Jet and Ed to find out information about Mad Piero, and Spike is fighting against Mad Piero. Those are happening completely separate of each other and i think that we should talk about the the information first and then talk about the fight sequence does that I sound agree. good to you yeah okay so, so the information about him is awesome <laughs> yeah uh, first of all the hacking sequence just made me so happy so yeah. like when i, thought ed I was hacks like rooting in- for ed <laughs> When Ed hacks into like this the secret government organization, um, she you see like these little emoji faces that pop up when she's trying to put in codes, and then you see them pop up a little bit bigger, and then she's just like, "All right, bitch, you're not gonna let me in," and so they become like giant and start to like break the screen, and then it goes to white, and a, basically a music video starts playing. Yeah, essentially, it's all these clips of Mad Piero's past. So essentially, the story is he was part of this um, this group called ISSP, and I don't remember if they explain what that acronym means, but they mention it a few times. Yeah, their whole deal is they are trying to make enhanced assassins. So he is yeah, one and they're of... doing it with clones. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's um, if you're watching this and you want to take a little uh, like a little journey to find out um, what they dig in a little bit further, they hire they put in a ton of Easter eggs into this. So just like pause as you go, and you'll see like different things pop up. Uh, like there's this part where it looks like they're like injecting a cell with something. Yeah, and I didn't know what that was. Be... So that's them cloning. Well, yeah, they're oh. injecting like a an embryo and they're making like they're they're adding like this electrical field to this embryo okay. so that like when it when it becomes an adult it already has this like weird energy field that surrounds it and protects it. Oh. Okay. Okay. So his code name was Tongpu, which is not super important, but uh, he is basically being tortured and it's pretty horrific. Like they're oh, yeah. they are fucking this guy up. And the whole time, there's this, like, horrible, creepy cat with one, like, red eye watching him, which explains why he freaked his shit out earlier when there was a cat. Yeah, that's a data cat. Oh, just like Ayn is a data dog. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's horrifying, and Piero has mad PTSD from this. Yeah. Um, pretty literally because he has gone insane and he I, yeah one thing that they don't explain which is totally fine but i definitely found myself wondering was like how does he go from being like 
this crazy lab experiment to being what amounts to a hired killer. Like, he mm-hmm. seems pretty clearly to be an assassin, but he's not being used by the people who made him an assassin. Like, he was mm-hmm. deemed a failure and he escaped and, like, killed them and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this fantastic sequence where you see the, he, him being, like, taken down the hall in cuffs and, like, the two guards have him, like, each have a cuff on uh, each, like, one wrist each and then on Pierre's wrists. And then he stops and you see him, like, grind his teeth for a second. And then the next shot is just of, like, blood all over the ground and people just ripped apart. Yeah, well, specifically, he's also walking with this, like, dour face on. And then as they're walking him, he slowly gets this smile, and then he stops, Mm. and then they die. Yeah. So, then Jet makes a phone call. But in the meantime, something has been happening to Spike. Spike is in Spaceland, and Spike is having a rough fucking go of it. Uh, Yeah, it's not great. uh, Spike is, he is on the back foot this whole time. He runs into, like, some ride called ice jump that's like a penguin themed sledding ride or something and yeah. Piero just like comes down on this giant penguin and like shoots at him and it's, it's terrible and then he runs to this roller coaster and he's on this roller coaster that's like like i guess locked him in or whatever or he's just riding it to like go faster and then Piero rides by in the other direction and like shoots out like a whip or something and like grabs him by the neck and pulls him off it's horrible yeah and then shoots a rocket into underneath spike and knocks him off before this happened by the way there is a future version of like the people that keep you from going into places you're not supposed to go and it's basically like the annoying fairy from like the legend of zelda 100 (laughs) percent that Except it's like a cherub baby that's yeah. being really obnoxious. It's like, hey, and it's just like, you shouldn't be here. Shouldn't it's be dangerous. Here. <laughs> Why don't you go play over there? It's yeah. super creepy. There's also a couple of times where Spike is like trying to turn around and shoot a Pierre. And, um, and he like, it, it, it's aimed at a mechanical thing anyways. And he blows these mechanical things apart. And you see the weird machinations that are on like the inside of them. Oh, it's yeah. really kind of horrific. It's creepy and it's beautiful animation work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just great. So he, Faye arrives in her little ship that she uses to help out sometimes. She tries to shoot at Piero and it doesn't really work. And she like ends up bringing a building down on herself and then mm-hmm. there, it's like time for the Main Street Parade or whatever in Spaceland. And there's like all these animatronic like dogs and shit walking towards them as Spike and Piero face off across from each other like gunslingers. Mm-hmm. Um, Piero uh, shoots the gun out of Spike's hand uh, basically immediately. Um, and then there's this moment where um, the light is shining down on Spike's face and it catches Spike's mechanical replaced eye and it uh, reflects off of it back into Pierre and Pierre like has flashbacks to when he was trapped. He starts to have a little bit of a nightmare for like just a second. And in that time, Spike pulls out a knife from his back, um, not like in his back, but in his bike back pocket. He stabbed it in earlier for safekeeping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he jumps to the side, throws it into Pierre's leg as Pierre shoots him in the shoulder. Um, Pierrot has not 
let his guard down the entire time you've seen him. And it occurs to me that, like, he may have never let his guard down the entire time he's been, like, an adult, other than when he was trying to, when he was being freaked out by something that reminded him of, like, this cat. Yeah. And so he takes a uh, knife to the leg and has a total two-year-old meltdown. Yeah, he literally starts, he falls to the ground and starts rolling around on his back, crying for his mommy. And it is just a child's tantrum. And he is lying there still when one of the large animatronic dogs in the parade walks over him, steps on him, and then when it lifts its foot up, he's not there anymore. It's crazy. It's so horrifying. And the last moment of this episode is Spike getting a call from Jet and Jet being like, I have some information on him. And Spike's like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're good. So that's Piero LeFou. It's an amazing episode. I mean, this anime is consistently great, as you will know if you've listened to us. But this episode is phenomenal. It's horrifying. If you like horror, check it out. The color contrast that they use in this is beautiful. Just it is vis- it's just a feast for the eyes. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. So I have a request. I mm-hmm. think. Do you mind if I just real quick sum up twenty one so we can get to twenty two? Oh my god, yes. I I I'm so bored of twenty one. Uh, so like, <sighs> I was actually bored while watching it, which is a high bar to clear for Cowboy Bebop. So here's the deal: episode twenty one. It's called Boogie Woogie Feng Shui. If you like episode twenty one. Please let us know why. Not because it's absurd, but I'd just like to hear from somebody whose opinion differs and see what it was about this episode that spoke to you. But real quick, here's what happens. It's mostly a jet-faced episode. He gets a a letter or an email or something from an old friend named Pal telling him to go look for something. So he goes on a quest to find this thing. Uh, He thinks he's going to meet up with Pal, but he ends up meeting up with Pal's daughter, uh, Mefa, and they're both being chased by some dudes who turn out to be from the syndicate. Um, Mefa and Pao are both feng shui masters. There's specifically something called universal feng shui, which sounds like kind of an astrology thing. It's it's yeah. real mysticism-y. And mm-hmm. the idea is that if you kind of like get everything in sync with feng shui which is all about like things being in their proper place that's why people talk about like feng shui of a room um Mm -hmm. then you can kind of predict the future basically so they realize that um there's a story that pow was killed in a strange um accident while he was in cyberspace um the they realize at some point that Pow might still be alive. Um, they and by cyberspace he means hyperspace. Sorry, yeah, hyperspace. <laughs> uh, Did you just go into reboot for a second? <laughs> no, I think I was thinking of when Ed was hacking in Pierre Lefou. So they go to um, they find this it's reboot. <laughs> they find this item that's called a sunstone that they're looking for at the beginning of the episode. They realize that the sunstone is actually a chunk of the moon um, that was orbiting Earth. Um, that was blown off during the gate crisis when all the gates exploded around Earth and caused Earth to be largely uninhabitable. Um, so this moon—I keep wanting to call it a moonstone because it's from the moon, but it's actually called a sunstone. This thing is basically like 
charged with energies of time and space because the gates are about like dimensional hopping so that you can travel faster than light. So uh, they take the moonstone into uh, or the sunstone into hyperspace. They get attacked by a different ship. They start to have a dogfight, but instead they realize that they should shoot some energy at the sunstone. So they do, which opens up a wormhole, which reveals a ship with pow in it in this sort of like spatial pocket dimension. And when the wormholes open, by the way, this is the biggest inconsistency in the episode. The ship that was attacking them, like you see the little ships that it let out, they like explode and they're defeated. But like the big ship that was shooting a giant laser at them just like isn't shooting at them anymore. And like, I don't think. Yeah. What happened to that ship? I don't, I don't know. It just wasn't plot relevant anymore. It's a, it's the only major plot hole I can think of in this whole fucking show. And it's so annoying. So they open up this wormhole and because of that, they're able to get a transmission through and they can see Pow and they talk to him and Meifu, who has been abandoned by Pow for seven years. She learns from Jet earlier in the episode that Pow was actually an informant for the syndicate and he wanted to get out, but it's not that easy to get out of the syndicate. So he probably left her because he was trying to keep her safe. And she more or less forgives him, and he is basically like, okay, well, now I'm going to die. And then that's what happens, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. The episode uh, has basically one redeeming quality inside of it, which is that there's a pretty sweet chase scene through a city. Yeah, um, that's uh, true. Watch it, watch it for that. Um, even if you just look at that chase scene and you just want to watch it, it's pretty cool. There's a really good part, too, where Jet realizes they're being followed by the syndicate guys. And so he ducks into this, like, shop and he's like, hey, give me a bottle. He He, like, orders a bottle of alcohol and he's like, no, I don't need a glass. And then... Like, as the syndicate guys approach the door, he just, like, comes out of it and, like, beats them up with the bottle and then pours the contents out to make them, like, become conscious again. It's really sweet. Um, The episode also has some beautiful animation because it's Cowboy Bebop, but the plot of it is pretty boring and it has some weird plot holes and it's just not their best foot forward. So we're moving on to episode 22, Cowboy Funk. This This episode's episode's great. great. I love this episode. So this episode plays on tropes inside of the universe that we have not really seen before. Yeah, and it's like a parody the, of the show. It's so good. Yes. Um. So it, it starts off, um, uh, first thing, with uh, Spike confronting this guy that's named Teddy Bomber. Um, and if you're thinking, man, that's a weird name for something. Well, he is a guy dressed up like a giant teddy bear who bombs things. Well, he's not dressed up like a giant teddy bear yet, but he will be, and he'll spend a decent amount of time doing it. But yeah, he puts teddy bears everywhere, and the teddy bears have bombs inside of them, and he's been bombing some buildings, and there's a bounty on his head, and that's where Spike comes in. And Spike confronts him, and then Teddy Bomber is like, oh, I know who you are. Um, you're, there's stories in like the criminal underworld that nobody wants to be caught by Spike Spiegel or Andy and Spike's like, Andy, <laughs> and then Andy shows up and it's hysterical. He is, uh, a gay cowboy that has been transported into this I don't universe. Know how gay he is. It seems like he's flirting with Faye pretty hard earlier in the episode or later in the episode. He's Look, like, he is just overcompensating. He's, he's definitely blonde and kind of foppish he's in a white cowboy outfit 
riding a horse. You hear yourself explaining him, right? <laughs> Look, I just, I'm saying he seemed interested in Faye earlier. So he's missing, like, the most important part about being gay, which is, like, interest in the same sex. That's, like, yeah, that's really... Yeah, he also really, has a weird... I don't know kind of you has know, a weird crush on Spike a little bit. The so, most like, important be, part about being attracted to the same sex he, is the attraction part. <laughs> he might be dipping his pen in, like, both inks. He could. You know? He could be. This could be a, a bisexual character. Bisexual Cowboy is actually another Cowboy Bebop spinoff that... <laughs> is very successful so yeah totally uh so he andy walks in and he spike is like you must be andy and he goes call me wyatt Earp," (laughs) and then he's immediately like you're the teddy bomber and spike's like are you serious like i'm the teddy bomber's that guy over there like i'm not him and then like the teddy bomber takes this opportunity while they're squabbling to escape and then blows up the top part of the building (laughs) So they did not stop him at all. And then yeah, I thought this and was great. That- he also he also takes like a couple of moments that Teddy Bomber just like he looks at them and they're arguing and he just like sort of just walks out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the building explodes, I think he actually they actually realize it's about to explode. Like they're Andy realizes he's got the wrong guy and they see the Teddy Bomber about to like hit the detonation button. And it, Andy goes, oh shit, in English. And I I was like, what? This is another weird thing where a character speaks English. And Andy speaks English constantly. Like, he will throw English words into about half of his sentences. And it's uh, it's another one of those things I mentioned earlier where I'm like, is this guy just saying words? Like, randomly he'll be speaking a normal sentence in Japanese. And then suddenly he just says a word in a different language randomly in the middle of the sentence that's, like, an important part of the sentence. And you're just like, wah, shit, I don't know what he's talking about because he just said some other thing. And, like, what is he talking about? Um, also it reminded me of the werewolf and soul eater. Cause the werewolf's thing is that he curses a lot and he always curses in English. Anyways, um, soul a couple of so things good, that Blake has written down here. Um, first of all, he wrote down that he just realized that he is an actual cowboy in cowboy bebop. Yeah. And Which, number like, two, he says that he's a member of the YMCA, the young men's cowboy association. That's literally a line in the show. I know it's just so it's stupid. Just so ridiculous. I forgot they about literally it. like they're literally like, oh, he's a part of the YMCA, and one of the characters is like, oh, he's a Christian because that's what the C stands for in YMCA. In case you didn't know that, and they're like, no, it's the Young Men's Cowboy Association. It's so silly. Did uh, you did you also think that it might just be like a joke that he you know he looks like he could be one of the village people? <laughs> it probably is. So all, there's this thing that they do. So they go to this, they go to catch the teddy bomber again. And then in, instead, right when they confront the teddy bomber, Andy shows up again. And every time Andy shows up, before you see him, you start to hear this like Wild West style whistling <laughs> song that just like slowly rises over the scene. And all the characters hear it too. But, <laughs> Andy's not whistling like it's not actually happening and it's this weird meta joke and I fucking love it and it just like they all are confronting each other and they just stop and like everybody at the party like looks around at the the elevator expectantly as the music rises and then the elevator doors open and it's Andy riding his horse in the elevator. (laughs) 
Okay, so like as he comes out too, there's like obviously the teddy bomber at this point. I- I'm pretty sure at this point he's already wearing a teddy bear outfit. He is because they're at a costume looks, party. And he looks at him, and he's like, he looks around the room, and then he's like, "I finally got you, teddy bomber," and he points at Jet. <laughs> It's so great. And then he immediately accuses Spike again. And Spike's like, are you kidding? Do you not recognize me from yesterday? And he's like, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So they're arguing again. And Teddy Bomber escapes and actually blows up the place. But, like, he's mostly attacking the building. So it it explodes in a way that is startling but not actually life-threatening. And... Because that's the teddy, ba- the teddy bomber's M.O. He keeps trying to explain why he's going on this, like, terror spree. And everybody keeps cutting him off. But, like, they've gathered enough that essentially this guy is doing, like, acts of terrorism as, like, a statement rather than to, like, harm people. So, like, Spike realizes, like, people are mostly not in danger because he doesn't want to blow up the party. He wants to blow up the building. Yeah. But you say that they're gathering the stuff, but what's really happening is that the teddy bomber is like giving an exclamation, an explanation for all of this stuff while Spike and, uh, while Spike and Andy are just basically having a piss fest. Every time they see each other, they're getting into a fight with each other and then completely not paying attention to the teddy bomber, which is leading this character to just go more and more off the deep end because he's just so pissed off that nobody's paying attention to it. Yeah, because this whole thing is he's doing terrible to make a statement and nobody will listen to him so they actually go on a car chase where teddy bomber is driving his car and then andy who has been followed by faye the two of them are rushing after him in um on top of andy's horse and then spike is out in the swordfish too which is his spaceship and he comes up upon them with the horse trailing the car and fires, but it is extremely clear that he's firing erratically, but mostly at Andy instead of at the teddy bomber. And yeah. they cause tons of damage, which is a reference to earlier when they were talking about how much damage was attributed to Andy when they were looking at his file. And they've already talked about how they think that Andy and Spike have a lot in common. So Spike starts causing damage to the city. Andy immediately retaliates by firing like a rocket at Spike, which explodes the top of a building nearby and rains debris down onto the passersby. And then like they literally just start launching attacks at one another. And Teddy Bomber ends up crashing into something nearby. And he's like, oh, shit, like his car's crashed. He can't escape. And he like looks up at the sound of uh, Andy's horse's hooves approaching. And then Andy just runs past and the hooves fade. And the Teddy Bomber's like, are you guys kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so they lose Teddy Bomber again. Um, Faye, uh, gets a little bit wrapped up inside of the Andy story and goes back to his, his, I can't tell if this is his, like, home or just, like, one of his houses. Yeah, so we learn that Andy is actually pretty rich. Um, he comes from a, like, a famous ranching family or something like that, and he is well off. And she's like, why do you bounty hunt? And he's like, oh, I'm, it's like, I love the thrill of the hunt, essentially, and he mentioned something about how he, um, whenever he gets his eye on a target, he can't let go. And she's like, oh, that sounds like somebody I know. 
And then she goes back to the bebop with like this giant haul of this son of a gun stew that Andy makes, which is apparently like a a product because it comes in all these cans with like his logo and face on it. And Spike's like, I'm not going to eat that shit. (laughs) Yeah. And then like uh, uh, Jet and Faye are just like, they're so, they're basically like the same person. Yeah. And And, they just uh, hate it. Yeah. And uh, then they have another chance meeting. Uh, Spike and Andy are um, uh, are going to find Teddy Bomber yet again. He basically um, he lures them of, there. He like makes an announcement that they'll know how to yeah. find him. And they go inside of this building to stop Wait, him. I'm putting that inside of quotes. It's so great. First, like when Spike arrives, Teddy Bomber is pissed because they're late. And then Spike is there, and Teddy Bomber's like, how dare you come late? And Spike's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's, like, looking around for Andy, and every time Teddy Bomber tries to say something, Spike cuts him off because he thinks he sees Andy. (laughs) And then when Andy arrives, they just start talking to each other and ignoring Teddy Bomber. (laughs) Yeah. And so they get lured inside of this place. They they start a fight with each other. Meanwhile, Faye is actually trying to chase this bounty head, and she catches the teddy bomber, but just uh, she's not in time for the building to basically explode. Well, teddy bomber um, traps them, so he knows they're yeah. going to follow him, and so he gets them into like an adjacent elevator that he is wired not to open. And mm. they are trapped there, and then they're like... Spike goes to fiddle with the controls and Andy's like, uh, so sorry. The trap is that the elevator goes up the building and when it gets to the top, the teddy bears will explode and it'll kill both of them. So Spike goes to fiddle with the, like the security code and Andy's like, Oh, don't worry. I had the security code reverted when, um, when I realized that this would definitely be Teddy bombers plan. So, we won't have to use like his code. We can use the original one. And Spike's like, wait, I did the same thing. If we reverted it twice, didn't that just revert it back to Teddy Bomber's secret code? (laughs) (laughs) So they've fucked over each other because they're too similar. And then they try to escape and they can't because they keep trying to be the first one out. (laughs) And then they get to the top and it explodes. (laughs) They survive the explosion because, yes, both of them do. Yeah. And then they have this super sweet somehow. fight sequence that's on top of this building. It's so um, good. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, like, comedy that happens inside of this fight sequence. Uh, there's, like, people running down boards and hitting each other with the board as it comes up again. Um, and the fight is, is topped off with Spike slamming his fist down. And then, like, the area that um, that Andy is on, like, breaks apart and falls down to the ground. Yeah, Spike specifically slams his fist down in frustration because he's losing. But yeah. the building has been, its integrity has been compromised. So Andy almost dies. And then yeah. he, like, survives and he's like, all right, you win. That was an amazing punch. And then the elevator doors nearby open and his horse is just in there waiting (laughs) for him. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be a bounty hunter anymore because you win. And he literally in English says, see you space cowboy and walks away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the, there's a couple of things. as like a denouement to the episode 
The first one is uh, now that Spike is one, um, he eats the stew. And meanwhile, Teddy Bomber, um, he's talking about why he did it as he's being arrested. He's finally being listened to. You start to hear something coming up outside. And it is not the same music as before because it is now uh, Andy coming again except for he's dressed as a samurai. Which is a reference to earlier when Jet joked that a cowboy was a stereotype and he might as well be a samurai. So now he is. And he shows up and they're like, Andy? And he's like, no, call me something else. And I didn't write it down, but it's probably about as well known as Wyatt Earp, but for samurais. And then he calls his horse a different name too. So he's just completely changed his persona to be the samurai. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the the, end, the very end, it says, see you space samurai. And that wraps up this this episode. episode. (laughs) It's so good. good. It's, It's not only like hysterically funny, but it's like really, it's really well animated. And yeah. the, the characters have a lot of jokes inside of there where it's not jokes. It's just like the show being like actually funny. Yeah. And that's really hard to do in anime and really make me laugh. It's a great, great episode. So of the three episodes we covered today, you guys should definitely watch the first and last and if yes. you are an apologist for episode 21, please reach out to us and tell us why. And we will roll our end credits so that you know how to get in contact with us. Yep. Um, so stick around and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the next episodes. Great. Coming to, so. Great job, Spencer. Nailed it. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. It's Sakura versus Eno. Hold on, Sakura's actually doing something? Yeah, and and Eno, how is Eno even going to fight if, like, her power is to just go limp and, like, become the other person like what's the situation here